0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Balasi Podcast. I'm your co-host, Guru Ron Prakash, talking to you live from San Jose, California. And along with me, yet again, are two of my favorite co-hosts. One of them is, actually, both of them are in San Jose, California today. So uh, we're doing a sort of an offline podcast locally. The first guy I want to introduce is uh, a guy who joined us last week, and he's here to stay for now, uh, introducing Varun Aurora. Varun, how
1: are you doing? <laughs> doing good, Guru. Good to be with you, Vikram. Good to be with and, you guys and in speaking general. Of and, uh, Vikram
0: is in town. He's usually in Monterey, but today he's in San Jose uh, introducing Vikram Khan. Vikram, yeah, how are you doing? And welcome to the podcast again, man.
2: Actually, I'm back in Monterey already. So, <laughs> not in San Jose, but uh, damn it damn it <laughs> completely screwed up your uh completely screwed up the show notes huh uh i
0: i i, I guess so i mean i, I thought you were <laughs> here but i i guess i think I, everything is meant to be right it just I, I, like the usual so yeah so uh vikram's in monterey ruins in san jose i'm in san jose so like yeah let's get this started guys so um last week's we sort of gave our initial reactions to what has gone on in free agency so far. Uh, And quite frankly, it was a very great couple of days. We had a lot of news pouring in. We had a lot of reaction, raw reaction for that matter. And uh, now uh, that things have started to sort of settle in. Uh, We think that uh, free agency for, for the most part is pretty much over. And um, these teams are, are going to be uh heading to training camp pretty soon with uh, with the rosters that they have in place so with that we thought we would go over who we thought were our winners and our losers in free agency uh what could have teams have done better uh what could teams have uh gotten instead of the parts that they have gotten we're going to go over all of that and uh i think uh, to start off with winners and losers we're going to have vikram so Vikram, give me, give me some of your winners in free agency this year.
2: So I would say I have a few winners. I thought that I thought Philly did a really good job this year. They're one of my bigger winners because for them, I thought that they had taken a pretty poor turn last year. They're one of the teams that underperformed the most uh, relative to their talent. And not just their talent, but their, uh, their contracts on their books. So I thought what they did this off season was absolutely phenomenal. I think that uh Sam Presti and the Oklahoma City Thunder were another big winner as well. Uh so those two really stuck out for me. Besides that, I thought the Lakers and the Clippers both had pretty successful off seasons as well. Uh I thought personally the Lakers for me are are my favorites for next year. So by virtue of being the favorites are, you know, won the off season the most in that sense. So I thought all of those things were were good winners for the offseason. Did you ask me for losers as well or just, off, uh, just winners? I asked you for just
0: winners, but, you know, you can go over your losers as well.
2: Uh, my big losers are, like, the Celtics were a pretty big loser. I think the Bucks actually are kind of, like, incomplete, not known. And my other big loser is the Detroit Pistons, who I have absolutely no clue who the heck, like, what the heck their game plan is? What the heck they're actually trying to do with the roster, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So those were kind of my uh, my losers as well.
0: All right, all right. I mean, I mean, it sounds, sounds pretty typical of what has gone on around the league so far. Nothing, nothing really really shocked me shocked me there. So go go over why you think uh, the the Celtics were uh, a loser in your
2: mind uh, for this year. Uh, they, I think they're like a huge loser actually. They lost a really key piece in Gordon Hayward and didn't really get anything back for him at all. So I'm not sure. Like, that's not – they didn't improve their team noticeably. In fact, I think their team took a step back. So to me, when you're in a championship contention window and you don't get any better, in fact, you get worse, (coughs) then you're a loser of the offseason. It's kind of, it's actually pretty simple for me in that sense. Got it. Got it. So yeah, with that be,
0: we will move on to Varun. Varun, yeah, same question to you. Who are your winners? Who are your losers? Who stuck out for you?
1: So the Western Conference is pretty loaded. I mean, so is the, the, the one thing I like is that a lot of teams are trying to compete. There's not a lot of tanking going on. So I really like that first of all. So, But I'm going to stick with the Western Conference because it's pretty damn loaded. Like 1 through ten, one through 12. It's going to be pretty damn competitive. And Portland did a really good job of improving themselves. Uh, They added some good defensive wings. Uh, Dallas, I like their Josh Richardson move. But I'm actually going to go with Phoenix because Phoenix, I think, has had an owner in Robert Sarver who has not been very committed to winning. And, you know, I think that 8-0 Phoenix Suns run in the bubble – was probably the most helpful to Robert Sarver because maybe that 8-0 run made him think, okay, this team is actually better than I thought. Let's add pieces I'm willing to spend. And so they got Chris Paul and his gigantic, what, $46 million contract. Uh, Jay Crowder, fantastic fit for them. Uh, So I think they have a pretty darn good team. They're going to compete, and it's loaded. It's loaded, but I think they'll make the top eight, top eight, top ten. So I really like what Phoenix did. Uh as far as loser it's kind of tough to say because when i look at a lot of these teams i kind of understand some of the moves they made and then i i think detroit vikram talked about you know their moves were a little bit more puzzling at the same time uh i think they're trying to stay young some of their moves were a little puzzling because the the mason plumlee signing and stuff and jeremy grant but I don't know if I classify them as a t- true hmm. loser, so I'm going to stick with um, Minnesota here as my loser because in the West, a lot of teams got really good, but I don't think Minnesota got that much better. I'm not a big fan of the Ricky Rubio and the James interesting, Johnson interesting. Signings, And you, uh, so and you don't like the Anthony Minnesota
0: Edwards there. pick at number one, or you thought that was obvious,
1: or...? It's not that I don't like the Anthony Edwards pick. It's just that Minnesota, in a very aggressive Western Conference, where a lot of teams made a lot of good moves, they did not get ahead. They should have been a little bit more aggressive, in my opinion. Maybe even trade the number one pick in Anthony Edwards for a good player. I don't know. But I, I just don't think they made enough moves to the
2: uh, I actually did like the Anthony Edwards so pick. So that's
1: why they're my loser.
2: I actually am in full concurrence with Rune's Take and probably even more so.
1: Oh, so you
0: so you did not like the Anthony Edwards pick? The, the no, pick right? I, okay. no, I did okay. not
2: like the Anthony Edwards pick.
0: Right, right, okay, understood. Some people are saying that that uh, uh, Minnesota drafted Andrew Wiggins for the second time in six years, uh, and that's a that's a pretty good comparison, I think, to to the situation. Yeah. Again.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you like, if you remember, if I don't know if you guys saw the draft, but if you remember when they were talking about Anthony Edwards. Do you remember the description they gave him? So they were like talent, potential, defensive potential, length, which is the exact same comparison, the exact same description that Andrew Wiggins got when he was drafted. So it sounded like they they drafted Andrew Wiggins 2.0. But I, I heard a lot of people say that they're actually very different players. So maybe Anthony Edwards will do better. Maybe he'll be a better fit for that team. But I, I kind of agree with Vikram here. It's not about the fact that they picked Edwards. I just think they could have... I don't know that that's that necessarily true. To acquire I actually
2: don't player. think yeah, that there didn't. were trades on the table because people aren't really in love with any of these guys. I, I think that's... I mean, I think they would have preferred to make that trade if it had actually been there. I don't think it's a. it's a case of where they didn't make the trade. I just don't think they were getting anything good for the number one pick. Right. So... There's no ch- there's right, no that's chance. Fair. I don't know
1: if Bradley Beal was available, for example. So that's fair. Um, yeah. there. I don't know if there's a player there that I'm not thinking of that could have been available with the number one pick. Right. I mean, it could be that there's a player out there that was not in trade. Times, I have confidence that the number one pick. And all of a sudden that I, I just available. have
2: confidence but that you're right. All the teams in the top, the top three or head. four did that particular. I mean, well, let me let me put it this way. I'm pretty sure the Timberwolves and the Warriors made as many calls as they could on that. Frankly, if if the Warriors could have traded for Bradley Beal, I'm pretty sure they sure. would have. Sure. That's on correct. draft night, you know, and especially
0: so. given the circumstances, right? Yeah, and I
2: yeah, with Klay Thompson.
0: Like and this is a, this is a year that a lot of teams wanted to trade out at the top of the draft, and uh, a lot of teams were not willing to trade up, and uh, and. Uh, usually, if you are trading the number one pick, that that is bound money because that that is a that is a future superstar on a rookie contract. That's something you can you can you can build around or add to your existing existing core. And, and a, te- a, a team with a player like Bradley Beal who is looking to restart would look to that number one pick to to, re- to restart their sort of operation. But not this year. I mean, the, I mean this year. I don't know if it's a reputation thing, but but this year's draft just had the feel of. Uh, a lot of teams at the top want to trade down and a, a lot of teams who are looking for a franchise change changer who would potentially look for a franchise changer did not want to trade up. So that's, that's the sort of thing that went on in the draft night uh, for, for me personally, um, obviously you guys mentioned Portland. Uh, you cannot say them enough, uh, enough times. They've been looking for help on the wings for the longest time. Uh, in, in fact, for three or four years, they've been looking for at help on the wings. They've had to rotate through Alperu, Alcarouk, Moe Harkless and, you know, other, other types of players. Gary Trent even saw time at the three. Like it was, it was not a good thing. And all of a sudden now you add Robert Covington to the mix, Derek Jones Jr. Obviously. And then you get Carmelo Anthony back. I think they're very much fortified on the wings and you know, they are primed to be a top four team in the Western conference. And when <clears throat> you are in the top four in this Western conference, that will help you a lot come playoff time. And I think they are, they, they, uh, I, Putting putting them in the contention conversation, my, um, I might be a little too soon there. I would have to see them play out the season, but but man, they really put themselves in in great position. Um, the 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 team I would like to give an incomplete grade to is actually the OKC Thunder because it just feels like they've acquired nothing but first round picks. And you know, credit to them for doing so. I it's clear that they have a goal in mind and it's clear that they have an objective what they end up doing with that objective is is really uh, is, is is really what the future is all about right and they 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 have a lot of first round picks granted a lot of those are very late in the first round like in the 20s ish so it's going to be interesting to see how they trade up in, in the draft or how they uh, how how this team position this version of this, the thunder positions them to get a superstar or a superstar-like player at the top of next year's draft, right? Or And, and we'll see how, how that goes. But um, they's, they's, they're still fielding a pretty respectable team, given all of that situation. It's, it, it looks like a complete rebuild on the outside, but when you look on the inside and analyze their players, you can see that team winning a couple of games. Uh, it, and uh, in the Western Conference, they'll probably be left out of the playoffs, but, but we'll see. Um, the Phoenix Suns are definitely one of my winners. Given uh, the the situation, and uh, you guys alluded to the eight and zero bubble, I think that is really what catapulted this franchise to believing that they could be a playoff team. And Robert Sarver or bruin alluded to this earlier. He was unwilling to spend, uh, uh, unwilling to put the pieces together to to win. Right? They had not made the playoffs ever since Steve Nash left the team. So, um, uh, given given that situation, um, getting Chris Paul is huge. For, for that franchise. And I, I think, I think Chris Paul is the type of guy you want to take a young team to the playoffs. He did it with OKC last year. He can do it in Phoenix this year. I, I'm a, I'm a true believer in that, uh, uh, in the Eastern conference, if there's anybody I liked, I, I thought Philly did a, a lot with very little and, and uh, get, getting rid of Al Horford's contract for, you know, relatively low cost for Danny green, uh, is, uh, quite frankly, uh, a, a big coup for, for that team. And he, he's a guy who actually fits in their starting lineup along with that Seth Curry move. Now you can envision a team where Simmons and B play together and uh, you can see that team making inroads in the Eastern conference, given the new construction of their team. Daryl Morey has done a fantastic job with, with that, um, and uh like frank frankly my loser is are the Charlotte Hornets they keep just going in circles they're na- they're neither rebuilding nor are they retooling nor are they competing nor nor are they uh like being a competitive team in the east they are they're stuck in no man's land right now and i really don't know what to say to uh, i don't know Mitch Kupchak Michael Jordan uh, and that and that leadership group it they're really a team that should be focusing on developing younger players uh, finding diamonds in the rough, getting to the top of the draft, drafting guys at the top of the draft and developing them into players who can be a part of their future. And I, I see, uh, I I do not see that out of Charlotte right now. And it really disappoints me because uh, they're the type of team team that should be doing what OKC is doing. And the fact that they're not, and the fact that they're a small market team probably will not attract free agents unless they severely overpay for them uh it it just it just hurts me to see but uh they they are my big loser uh, i would say detroit is another one of my losers but we'll see what they do with their players um and um boston is another loser for me i i think uh, atlanta depending on how they finish in the east you never know uh, maybe they did find some pieces that could help them but again you have to look at their development and what they're doing there so th- those are my winners and losers today guys um you yeah. have anything to say
2: yeah,
1: Yeah, you know, I actually just learned this. Uh, sorry, uh, just one quick thing, Vikram. Uh, I just learned this, that uh, apparently Ballinari huh? is going to come off the bench for Atlanta. So when he signed the contract with Atlanta, actually they told him, you're, the expectation is that you're coming off the bench. So he's going to be the backup to John Collins at the four which was surprising because he got a lot of money. He got, you know, what, three or 65 million to come off the bench. Now, having said that, as you alluded, Guru, uh, they are trying to make a playoff push. And if they do make the playoffs, and I think for the franchise, given how bad they've been playing the last couple of years, it might be a win. So that just- I, I have out, a though. more general
2: comment, which is that I do not understand why so many teams are trying to be good this year. Okay, the reason I say that is... Is it because the draft is really good next year, Vikram? Yeah, I'm like, why, if you're in a loaded draft, you want to be as bad as possible, right? And I'm not necessarily saying you need to tank. I'm curious as to why we think that, like, I, I have a hard time understanding why it is teams are trying their hardest. I'm talking about, like, these average teams, right? I'm having trouble understanding why these average teams are really trying to compete this year when they have an opportunity to be in the sweepstakes for somebody like Kate Cunningham or any of these guys that have huge upsides for them next year. So these are the things that make me very confused, actually. Uh, More importantly, I think one of the things that I'm thinking about is, uh, Guru, you mentioned Charlotte. I thought they did really well to get LaMelo Ball where they did. Now, they compounded that with picking up Gordon Hayward, who I think actually does help their team and takes them further away from having a better pick next year. And because Charlotte has the unfortunate distinction of being a small market team where not a lot of players want to go during free agency, you need to get that young talent there and control their rookie contracts, be able to offer them inflated contracts in order to rebuild your team. So for me, I, I just don't understand some of these moves. I think there are a lot of teams, uh, particularly in the East with like Atlanta, they're going to be an eight seed. Sure, that might be the case. What's the point of being the eight seed when you could actually pick up talent that would help you down the road? Because at least for Atlanta, they're not really, you know, you can't say, oh, Herder is really going to be someone there or there are a plethora of people at the three, whether that's uh, whether that's DeAndre Hunter or Cam Reddish, all those guys are going to work out. They don't necessarily have that. They're probably going to lose John Collins because they don't really want to pay him. And they paid Danilo Gallinari, somebody who pays or who plays the same position, $25 million. I mean, like, or $20 million over for three years. I mean, you think about it, it just doesn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense for me to put all of your chips in now. I, and as a general theme, I'm just surprised a lot of these teams kind of went all in this offseason when they really shouldn't have. That's it. real. Yeah, sure. Well, if I could add
1: something to that, actually, I, I mean, I think one thing we forget is that uh, jobs are on the line. So, lo- looking at Atlanta, um, Travis Lank was a GM. I- if they suck again, I'm pretty sure the owner's going to be looking at his job. I don't know if he'll fire him, but they'll be thinking, all right, well, you've not been doing very good the last three years. Results have not shown. You're, do- you're gone. And Lloyd Pierce has also not done very well. And so he could also be gone. So that's like, you know, taking Atlanta, for example, that could explain why they made the moves that they did. Maybe Charlotte, the same thing, you know, Mitch Kupchak, I don't know how much confidence Michael Jordan has in him. Uh, he could be gone if Charlotte does not play well. So I think that does factor in, you know, I, I often, we forget about that, but I think that does factor into a lot of these moves, you know, jobs are on the line. If you don't show the results of the owner, unless you have a very, I think that's a fair owner, point. Absolutely. Then you're probably, gonna uh, I just request.
2: wonder for some of these teams, You know, there's a difference between intentionally being bad and accidentally being bad. So my example of this is I think the Detroit Pistons are going to be awful next year. And I don't think they're trying to be awful. I just think they've put together (laughs) a really awkward roster. So, uh, but I mean, whereas I think Oklahoma City, on the other hand, is going to try to be pretty bad. Again, they're not going to tank individual games. But if you look at the roster they have on the board – They're pretty much the worst team in the West at this point. So by virtue of the construction of their roster, they're accomplishing their goal of being able to put real talent on next year. You know, if they're able to get the number one pick, they're going to be in business. So, I mean, I just I'm always kind of surprised. That's just how I feel about that.
1: Right. With Detroit, I definitely agree with you. I think uh, they they signed a couple of veterans that didn't really make a lot of sense given that uh, they went young this year. And given that Derrick Rose is probably going to be traded at some point, and then Blake Griffin might also be traded at some point, I don't know about him. But with Detroit, I definitely do agree with you, there. Some yeah, I, 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 don't, really I don't know if you
0: guys have been watching any college basketball that started big this past weekend, but Kate Cunningham looks really, really good. Uh, uh, I, Jalen Suggs looks really, really good. Uh, Jalen Johnson looks pretty good. Like these, some of these prospects that are going to be drafted in the top five, top ten, uh, they they all look very very good. And I cannot wait to see uh, the guys on the G League Select team uh, start to play. Um, I, I don't know what kind of format they they have planned for for those for those guys, but uh, it should be really interesting to see how how, how this draft uh, plays out. It's definitely being hyped up. As, as one of the better drafts, so we, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. And you, you, both of you guys bring bring up fair points. It's it's job security versus the future of your team. And if you're a GM like Travis Slank, like I will say that the last thing is that you want is your replacement to do well, <laughs> because you're the guy who built the team. And now, I mean, and, and let's say the uh, <laughs> Atlanta Hawks are way under 500 again, you get fired. And um, obviously, another GM is coming in. He probably has a high draft pick. You draft somebody with that draft pick. All of a sudden, Atlanta's in the playoffs with the with a young and growing team, and he gets the credit, and you don't, right? So he, it's it's sort of a balancing act in that way, and it's sort of up to GMs to like gauge their job security. Obviously, with OKC, Sam Presky, he's been there forever. I think he's been there since the beginning of the franchise, quite frankly. So he he probably has a ton of job security. He, he he has the faith of ownership and and the, and the blessing of ownership with pretty much everything that he does. As long as he's not crossing payroll too much and uh, and you know, and I, he that's why he's accumulating all these draft picks and doing what he's doing. Um, but um, but yeah, really really interesting discussion, guys. And like uh, I mean, we do not expect any more big free agency news to to pop in. Uh, of course, there are several guys on the trading deck on the trading block, supposedly um, James Harden and Russell Westbrook in Houston. Uh, John Wall has requested a trade for what, whatever that is worth. Uh, <laughs> Maroon, okay, yeah, I mean, give
1: your thoughts on that,
0: man. Oh, my God. Uh,
1: so, now, interestingly, the, the GM said John Wall never requested a trade, so uh, I, I don't know who to believe in these situations. You know, you I don't know who is telling the truth and who is just throwing a bunch of smoke. Interestingly, John Wall has not responded to what the GM said. So maybe there is some truth to it, or maybe what John, maybe John Wall said something so, and so, that was going on in proportion and that was leaked to the media. So yeah, so So John Wall was asking, Yeah, event. John Wall requesting a trade. Uh, and, Sorry, and yeah. they asked ahead. him the question,
0: have you requested a trade? And he said, no comment. So take that for what you will. Yeah, yeah
1: got it got it okay so, so yeah continue Varun. sorry i cut
0: you off there
1: i don't know that's fine yeah i i don't have much to say it just other other than that i, I don't really know where he's going to end up i think you got to see him play first before you think about trading for him because he's he hasn't played and, uh, and 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 so, some
0: of the names on the trading block you don't
1: know do you think it gets
2: traded is. before the season starts i would i would doubt it i mean I'm interested in the Houston situation. I actually thought they had an underrated, uh, I thought they had an underage- underrated free agency period. I thought they actually did some really good stuff. I think that they got the best young prospect on the market in uh, in Christian Wood at relatively good cost. They're going to play differently this year. They picked up Christian Wood and DeMarcus Cousins, so they're not doing this micro ball lineup stuff again. I think balls. there's some. <laughs> I mean, I just think that there's a lot of – I think there's, there's really a lot of stuff that they're going to be able to go do uh, this year. And I think that – I think they're going to be better than we think. I don't think that they're really going to tank all the way as, as we might have thought they were going to. So I'm actually looking forward to seeing them play. I don't think either Westbrook or Harden gets moved right now. Harden because I think you'll get the same offers at the trade deadline as you would now. And Westbrook because I think there's not really a team that wants them particularly. I mean, a John Wall for Russell Westbrook swap, that doesn't really make a lot of sense to me either. So uh, with all that being said, I don't I don't see these guys being moved. Uh, I don't think any other yeah. big names are going to be moved right now. Uh, but close to see that. Yeah, that John Wall for Russell Westbrook, that's, that's the kind of
0: trade that would have sent shockwaves uh, through the league just a couple of years ago. But now it's a, it's a whole lot of nothing. So I don't think that, that trade uh, ever, ever comes to fruition. Uh, It would be shocking if it did, but, 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 but anyways, uh, let's, let's move on guys. So um, after free agency, there is a lot of debate on, you know, what the win totals will be. What would the standings be, particularly in the Western conference, given that the Western conference is indeed loaded and uh, there are competitive teams all over the place, even, even amongst the, uh, the, the, uh, n- non-playoff teams, you you see a couple of teams that are young that are on the rise that could make a playoff spot, and everything get, breaks right for them. And in a seventy-two game season, you just you just never know what's what's going to happen. So there's been a lot of debate on who the playoff teams in the West are going to be, and the, I've heard a lot of different answers both on Twitter, amongst media, uh, and, and in in general, it's been a topic of hot discussion. So uh, I wanted to flip this question into something that we could discuss on this podcast. And, and and that is who does not make the playoffs in the west and what we're deci- what we're deciding the playoffs to be is if you're one of the top 10 and you are playing it at least in the play-in game so if you are playing in the play-in game you uh, uh by uh by our accounts are a playoff team by our definition so we're looking for the five teams in the western conference who will not be in that top 10 of the western conference so uh, Vic, uh, Vikram, will st- I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, Varun will start off with you. Uh, yeah. Yes. No, no, no problem. I, I know that Vikram went first last time. Thanks. You can go first.
1: Thanks. Okay. Yeah. Uh, God damn it. Who so are the okay, five teams? Well, uh, hmm. Let's see. Okay. I'll, let me let me start with my most obvious one. I think it's Minnesota. I I don't think they're gonna make it. Um. So we'll, we'll I'll start with the West. Okay. So so Minnesota. OKC because they gutted their roster. So I don't think they're going to make it. But I I think, as Vikram alluded, they'll be competitive. Um, This is tough. Let's see. Sacramento is my number three because they lost uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich. And I just don't like their roster that much outside of De'Aaron Fox. Like uh, Marvin Bagley has not really improved. Uh, And Buddy Heald is, he's good at, like, you know, he's a one dimensional player, he's good at shooting. But other than that, he doesn't provide much. Uh, So, Sacramento, Minnesota, OKC. Then it gets tough. Hmm. Then it gets tough. Let's see. Sacramento, Minnesota, OKC. (laughs) God damn. You guys uh, guys have your list? I do. I I got my list. Okay. So,
2: I'm with Rune on the Thunder, the Kings, and... So my other teams are the Pelicans. Uh, I think you already mentioned the Timberwolves as well, and the Spurs. So the Pelicans and the Spurs oh, are my other teams. Okay. And between – it's really, for me, the last slot is really between the Grizzlies and the Pelicans. So either, either or. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I picked tough. the Pelicans to not make the playoffs. Uh, I think they're still – we didn't talk about losers of the offseason as the Pelicans, but, like, real talk – I have no idea why they picked up Stephen Adams. I, I just don't understand it. And not only did they give up assets for him, pick him up, they also re-signed him. And I just, I have no earthly idea why. It just doesn't make sense to me.
0: So, who do, so, so who's the starter for center at center for them instead? Uh, is it that, um, is, is it that guy who was a rookie last year, uh, Jackson Hayes? Jackson yeah. Hayes would have been would have been the starter. And
2: you can put him in as a starter.
0: Yeah, I mean, but.
2: Well, my bigger question is, okay, cool. You're not comfortable with him as a starter. Then why? I mean, Derek Favors is making the mid-level exception in Utah. Mm-hmm. I would rather have Derek Favors on his contract than Steven Adams on yeah. his contract. Yeah. And they extended him two more years for 15 mil a year. I just I don't understand it. I don't get it. And putting another big next to Zion to cramp his spacing when that person can't shoot, is absolutely uh, actually, asinine. I, I,
0: I actually agree with that. And uh, when you are a screen setter, like uh, Steven Adams is, you need somebody to set screens for. Are you really setting screens for Alonzo Ball, for uh, Brandon Ingram? It, it really doesn't uh, it, it doesn't register that that well for me. Actually, now that you not that you talk about it, Steven Adams is a fine player, but I think he I think he's just on the wrong wrong side of thirty. And uh, also, uh, he's a better he's a who can't shoot.
2: Dude, uh, do you want to know how, how old, old Steven Adams is? Yes, He's 27. He, uh, 20, he's he's 20, super 27 young. He's like the oldest young guy in the was, league. Yeah, yeah he right. just turned 27 recently, I believe. He's been in the league forever. He's not on the wrong he's side been of 30. Been in the league forever. It feels like he's... Uh, it feels like it, but no.
0: Did you guys know Buddy Heal is twenty-seven? Buddy Heal.
2: yeah, yeah. And his beard and his hair. Here.
1: He played college ball for five. Yeah, years. he was. He and played he, he had ball that. For, I think three or four years, right? He was
2: there, and uh, he was also years. like old in the first place, so it was kind of strange.
0: There, there's, this, there's an this entire, this entire talk about him <laughs> and his age during uh, the draft process because he came from the Bahamas. And um, they weren't quite sure when he was born.
2: Well, they got they got his age wrong. They did actually get his age wrong, so that part is uh, it actually happened. I don't blame them on that one. Okay.
0: Well, uh, well, well. For me, uh, now that we're back back on track, uh, uh, my five playoff team, my non-playoff teams in the Western Conference, uh, it's going to be the Timberwolves, the Kings, the Pelicans. I don't want to leave out the Spurs, the, the Spurs and the Thunder. Uh, I I just can I mean I, I I cannot see I can see the Grizzlies sort of dropping a bit. give, but it's just that I I I don't see them dropping off too much from where they were last year. They were a really really good team last year, uh, the Grizzlies. And before, um, some someone on their team got hurt, and it, and it really screwed up their the the entire bubble for them. Jaron Jackson Jr. There you go. Um and uh I I, th- I think I think they're gonna be pretty competitive going into the next I think they make the top ten. Um but yeah it's hurt. i it, 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 I I don't feel great leaving out the Spurs. I feel it's gonna bite me uh I, yeah at some point. So yeah, Vivarun, are you ready?
1: Yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, I, I it's hard to count out the Spurs, but I think if you just look at the talent, uh, I, I, unfortunately, I have to count them out here. Now, for number five, I'm going to disagree with you guys. I'm going to say Memphis doesn't make it. I think the Pelicans have enough talent to make the playoffs, and, and they were pretty good with Zion. So I'm going to say they squeeze in to the top ten. So I'm, I'm pretty much in agreement with you so guys, you, except you for that, uh, yes.
0: Memphis. Yeah, you Sounds think Memphis is down
1: and the Pels are, okay.
0: That's very fair. Now, uh, yes. let me let me spin out another question for you guys. Who Who is playing in the playing tournament in the West next year? Basically, 7, 8, 9, 10.
2: Uh, let's see here. Uh, I think it's going to be the Grizzlies, the Suns, maybe, the Rockets, and, like, the Pelicans, probably. But didn't you say the Pelicans are not in your top... Depends... Top 10. I did say they were not in my top 10. Sorry, let me, I, I counted wrong. I just have a hard time thinking about it. Like, there are so many good teams. It, it kind of comes down to a process of elimination a little bit. Like, it really, I think the better question for us is, who do we think is, let's actually go through the seeds in the West, right? Like, I think the first seed is going to be the Lakers. The second seed is going to be the Clippers, Or I think the Blazers have a serious shot of being the second seed because of what they've done to put their squad together. But, like, in no particular order, the teams at the top of the West are the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Jazz, the Blazers, and the Mavs. After that, you have – I think the Warriors are right in that mix with the Mavs and the Blazers and the Jazz. So that's seven teams. That leaves us with the Rockets. The Suns, the Grizzlies, and yeah. <laughs> and then one of the teams in the upper in the upper division that we talked about. So it is actually somewhat difficult to really game plan this together. So I don't I don't know that I can answer confidently who I think is gonna be in the play in. I, I don't really know yet. I have to see a few I have to see a few things first.
0: And and it's going to be very interesting because uh, I think the play-in tournament could very well come down to the last game of the season. Who's going to be in the play-in and who's who's not? And, and, and I mean, I mean, this play-in tournament is interesting because you don't want to be in the play-in tournament. You you don't want to be in a process of elimination game where in, in one game anything can happen, right? In one game, even the worst team in the NBA could beat the best team in the NBA. That, that's and you don't want to be in that one game pro, uh, elimination situation. Uh, regardless of uh, which team you are, so all the teams are going uh, and that's what's going to make the season really interesting. All the teams are not going to uh, uh play for seven and eight, they are going to try to their level best to get up to six, and that is why the Western Conference might be able to up that this year. Uh, do you have any ideas? Seven eight, seven eight,
1: nine ten. Yeah, I'm I'm probably in agreement with Vikram there, uh, the teams he mentioned. I think Utah might actually be a team that might be at the bottom, too. Uh, I remember they had a slow start, and uh, their conference record was not very good last year. So I think Utah is a team that might actually slip to the bottom. They'll still make the playoffs, in my opinion, but they might be in that playing tournament. Yeah, that is entirely possible. But other than that, I, I agree with Vikram.
2: You, okay, yeah. so
0: so so for me personally, I think the play-in tournament. I think the I think Memphis and Phoenix are most probably go, go, are going to be in it. Um, and then and then after that, we have I I, I my my thoughts are uh, it's going to be Utah and uh, and the Warriors. I, I think the Warriors have a good a, a pretty decent chance of being in that seven, eight, nine, ten. It's just, just given the level of the talent that they have on their team right now and the level of talent overall in the Western conference. I think, uh, I think, I think the Warriors have a pretty good chance of being, I think they're most probably going to be seven or eight rather than nine or 10. But uh, I, so, but yeah, it's good. It'll be really, really interesting to watch uh, it, any one of these teams. And, and also it depends on what Houston does, right? If, if Houston uh, ends up trading Westbrook and Harden and depends on what, who they trade them for, Right, where are they going to end up in in, in this evening? They could fall uh, right. out of the playoffs completely and open the door for another team to come come right in. Um, they they could be a part of a part of the playing tournament. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen in Houston this year? They're one of the biggest question marks in the league.
1: Wouldn't it be funny if Houston played better without Harden and Westbrook? It would be like that, uh, you know, when when the Nuggets traded Melo to the Knicks all of a sudden the Nuggets got a lot better. They were actually pretty good for a stretch for a, a couple of years because of that trade. And the Knicks were kind of so-so. I don't know if you guys remember that, but I, I think that's entirely possible because you're going to get a bounty from Harden and you could very well play better without Harden and Westbrook. But that would I be actually, fun. That would I be actually very much that happening on the trade.
0: It's just that that entire team is, uh, is, is very much uh, uh, surrounded around Harden and uh, it is it it is to make them most successful with Harden. So like without Harden, it's hard to see. But even he even postulated like without Melo, where would the Nuggets be? And for for a couple of years there, you're right. They they were actually they were actually pretty decent. They they actually got Gallinari in the trade, so that that very much helped the the Nuggets there. And, and yeah, I mean, I mean, we'll we'll, we'll definitely see what happens. Right. I don't expect the Rockets to get a bounty for Westbrook though. That. That that's a trade they might have to give up a draft pick.
2: He's dude. He's a he's yeah, a yeah. negative asset that they gave up two first rounders for. Yep,
0: right. Who do we blame for that?
2: So yeah. yeah, Russell. I actually blame James Harden for that mostly. Yeah, I think. I mean, because he seems. He. I mean he he's pushed out every superstar that he's played with, and at some point it's. On him, you know.
1: Right. Right. I mean, you know, I don't know if you guys heard about that, but that there's an accountability issue with James Harden that, uh, you know, he didn't really get held up to the same standard as his his other teammates. And so that did not create the best locker room culture. And maybe that's why Chris Paul left, right, because they had a rift. So uh, it's yeah, not just Chris Paul,
2: it's also Dwight right. Howard left. And I mean, he was still actually good when he was in Houston too. I mean, obviously he had a great bounce back year last year as well, but, you know, he was still an all-star in Houston. So, I mean, he he couldn't get along with Dwight Howard. He couldn't get along with Chris Paul. He certainly doesn't seem to be able to put together a winning team with Russell Westbrook. It's just how many of these players can you not work with before you are the problem?
0: Yeah, I mean, and uh, and uh, not just superstars, but, right? You know, if uh, if you guys read the feature on the Rockets um, that came on in the Athletic, I think uh, a week before the draft, Trevor Ariza, who is not a superstar by any means, but he's one of the better guys in the league, uh, he uh, <laughs> and he also had problems with James Harden and, and the culture there and the accountability issues and uh, and and, and you, you know when when players like that come out and are are not liking the the, the, the kind of culture that you've built, the culture that you've cultivated, uh, it's, it, it brings out the issues that are within the organization. And also, uh, I would really like to see what P.J. Tucker and Eric Gordon think of all this when it's all said and done. So uh, a lot of uh, um, a lot of chemi- chemistry issues with the Rockets, and that could also affect uh, how, how they play this year with Harden and Westbrook, assuming that the Rockets go into the season uh, with, with them on the roster. All indications are pointing to uh, that being the case. But uh, you, you guys know what could also be a, a, a potential issue heading into the season? The coronavirus. The coronavirus. What's that? Yes. I, and yes. you're hearing about other players oh, yeah, in yeah, other professional leagues, namely the NFL, uh, getting COVID-19 left and right. and. Yeah, in in their cases, they're they're missing you know one or two games in a, in a sixteen game NFL season it is a big g- deal. Like think about a player missing uh, a bunch of games, like three or four games because of coronavirus, and if that player is a very consequential player to your success as a team, I mean uh, those three or four games could be the difference between you uh, making the playoffs and having to play in the playing game. Right. So I think Corona, especially in the very beginning of the season, before the vaccine comes out, is going to be uh, it's going to be pretty critical. And I'm actually sort of concerned as to what what might happen with that. Um, If a bunch of players get coronavirus superstars, namely, well, how does the league handle that? It's uh, it's really tough to say right now.
2: Uh, I think. No, go for it, bro. Yeah. Oh sorry. You, know, you go ahead. Oh, go I was go just going to say I think it's we're so speculative at the moment, right? Like we really don't know. I I will say I trust the NBA more than any other professional sport to have the best protocols in place for these players. So at that at that point I think they're going to be the best league as as far as people getting sick and how to deal with that. That being said, I think one thing we can expect is given the excellent vaccine news that has been in the news recently, I think we can expect fans at the back end of the season, so I think that there, there's some hope on the horizon, and I think that's pretty significant.
1: Yeah, actually, if you look at the yeah, if you look at the NFL, actually, uh, this week has been particularly bad. Um, so the Denver Broncos, who are playing tomorrow, are not going to have a quarterback because all their quarterbacks were deemed high risk contacts, and so none of them can play tomorrow. And so this kind of thing can happen in the NBA where uh, you know what if you don't have enough players what if you're down to like six players for one game right and that could be very tough like the Baltimore Ravens who were who were supposed to play uh, they get, their games kept getting postponed and now uh, for their game
2: on Tuesday Dude,
1: they don't have enough There's a players really players easy answer roster to play and so it's canceled the so dang game
2: and the NBA will find a way to reschedule stuff but i mean like with the NFL, they they have they play so few games a year, right, that it's a kind of a bigger deal. Like right. in the NBA, you got to cancel a game? Okay, cool. You got to cancel a week of games? Okay, we'll figure out a way, right? I just – I don't worry about right. the NBA in the same way that I, right. I would worry about the NFL.
1: Right, which is actually what the NFL did in the beginning, right? But now because it's at the end of the season, that's becoming a problem. And so in the NBA, maybe that could be the same thing, right? In the beginning, okay, it's fine, but near the tail end, if this. Yeah, but we're going to have the vaccine, dude.
0: Like, I mean, (laughs)
2: you always hope so. I just, (laughs) I don't, I don't know. I hope so. (laughs) I
1: hope so. I hope everything. I think
2: that they're, I think they're projecting for that. You know, I just, I don't see a world in which, well, I mean, I could see it, but I mean, if that's, if the case is they're worrying about this at the end of the season we as a society and as a world have a lot bigger problems at that point. That's why I don't, I'm not really worried about – I'm worried about coronavirus as far as uh, the beginning of the season, but I think by the back half of the season, we should be good, and we may even have fans and stands and such. I, I, I definitely hope that to be the
0: case. And, and when the vaccine does come out, yeah, you, you better believe that the NBA is going to be one of the first organizations to get their hands on it. Yeah, I mean, and they're going to do, do everything they can to, you know, vaccinate vaccinate their players with the earliest and b- the best vaccines that they could possibly get. On. It's 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 just it, 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 huh? What the, okay, okay, we're, 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 okay. <laughs> no, it just maybe I Sorry, uh, maybe ahead. I misspoke. but but anyways, the NBA it does have a coronavirus hotline yet again, just like they had during the bubble. So if anybody. Is not following protocol. <laughs> there is a there is a number to call, and if the rocket, huh? Daniel House. Daniel yeah, House. Definitely Daniel House. And uh, you know, if, if speaking of Daniel House, if, if Houston is in town, uh, be sure to have a, a look out at the local strip clubs in the area, and uh, you know, James Harden might be there. You know, you never know,
2: but um, yeah,
0: um, it's gonna be. It's going to be interesting to see, just like any other sports league has operated. It's <laughs> going to be interesting to see how the NBA operates and, yeah, who, who gets coronavirus and what games get canceled because of it. It's, it's it's going to be very interesting to see. So, yeah, with that, I think uh, that's all we had for the podcast, unless you guys want to do the same exercise for the Eastern
2: Conference. No, nah, I don't think the East is nearly as interesting, actually. Uh, Yeah, I think it's a little bit
1: more obvious. Like like Cleveland, I don't think it's going to make it. Detroit, I don't know. The Knicks, I don't know. You know, a few you know, some easier teams there. I think Brooklyn might be a surprise. Might, not make, the might not make the playoffs. The
2: playoffs, because I, <laughs> you're I'm just not you're sure. real. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not, not sure the there's a world in which they don't make the playoffs if KD and Kyrie wait, are, wait. are healthy. They don't make the well, playoffs. Well, it's or just they don't make the, the play-in?
1: That's the thing. I what? I don't think they're going to be healthy what? for the full season. They oh don't make God. the playoffs. I think that's very I, possible I thought, because I, I just I just don't know if they can stay healthy. Kyrie has had a lot of injury issues. Lately. I think I in the don't East know if he can stay healthy, uh, and Katie. I think that Mature, even Schillies, without
2: those two, I think Man, even without those two, they could probably still make the playoffs. Honestly, this year in the East.
1: Well. I, it, it's they 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 made a coaching change where I think Kenny Atkinson was a really good coach and Steve Nash I I don't know he's the you Steve's don't like Mike D'Antoni team. on so, his staff uh, that's something we have to see how he does
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I did not even know he was there was, but, was but, <laughs> but my point being that Kenny Atkinson was really good and so I thought he yeah, did a really no, good that, job that's definitely last true year. and so I, I yeah it's more the injury issues right I because Kyrie has had a lot of injury issues lately. And Katie's coming back from a torn
2: Achilles, so uh, I don't know how much. Yeah, I just think like not the making the playoffs games. is probably a little tough for them. I mean, I, I just think that there's little chance they won't at least make the playoffs. I, I'm with you on the—they might be surprisingly not that good in the playoffs. I think that's entirely possible. Yeah,
0: the, the the question about Kyrie's health is very, very warranted given given what happened last year. Quite frankly, given what also happened true in previous years, right? Like Kyrie has missed playoff, games, totally true. Like in, entire playoffs due to injuries, and he had he, he missed pretty much all of last year. For uh, I mean, I I mean I don't want to get into particulars, but I think he played like twenty, like fifteen to twenty games last year, and that's it. Like it's it, it's it's sort of getting to the point where if he has another one of those types of seasons, you have to wonder about his durability moving forward and whether he was he was even worth that contract. It's. Oh God! Uh, the the thing about KD is that uh, he might take a couple of uh, a couple of games off here and there. Load, load management is going to be very interesting to see for for KD uh, for this year. But the thing about Brooklyn is that even even without KD and Kyrie for mo- for most of last year, they are able to put together pieces that that can you know, win games and especially in the Eastern conference, they can, they can win games. And I think uh, they'll make the playoffs regardless of the situation with, with Kyrie or KD, unless they make some crazy trade, which, which uh, rids them of all their depth. And uh, all they have is Kyrie and KD to lean on at that point, And they're depending on them. Uh, and, yeah. And I, I just don't yeah, see I, it. I don't, I don't see that quite happening. So it's,
2: I mean let's the only way they would give up all their depth is like for James Harden. And I think James Harden and a bag of chips gets you in the playoffs in the East. So I mean I just I don't I don't see I don't see how it's possible for them not to make the playoffs.
1: It's slim, I agree, but I think it, they could be a surprise team if the injury issues continue and because of the coaching change. Yeah. Well I mean I like could I
2: understand your perspective. I've just you know, I like Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis Lavert a lot. <laughs> So it's probably just my defensiveness of them. And Baruch. No, no, I agree. They, they, I mean, they those two supporting. Are supporting are, aren't just supporting players. But, those two uh, are yeah. – yeah, I mean, Joe Harris is Joe great. Harris but, I mean, you know, Joe Harris isn't going to take your team to the playoffs, I don't think. But I think Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert, will. you know, they're primary ball handler types, primary offensive initiator types, right? I mean, we even without Katie and Kyrie, the Nets team actually does have enough players to put – competent lineups on the floor that's where i'm i uh, i'm coming with my perspective but i completely understand what you're, you're saying i mean it's entirely possible that they have enough injury issues to really derail their season but it's hard for me to see them having that many they would have to be even worse than the uh, have worse luck than even the warriors do in terms of injuries to get to that point which like you're saying though sure, totally sure. possible yeah. right yeah that yeah
1: Right. It's more like, you know, with Kyrie and the fact that KD is coming back from a major injury and also the fact that oh, yeah, I, I don't know how Steve Nash is going to do was, as a coach. I, I was going to ask really you about no that clue. reaction because when so Steve Nash his, got hired, very first
0: actually got your game. upfront opinion when that happened. What did you think of the Steve Nash hiring? Uh, given what you've discussed right now, it, it looks like you think he's
1: not quite up for the job. No, no, not necessarily. I was just saying that out of the teams most likely to make it in the East, the Brooklyn might be a team that would be a surprise to not make it. And the coaching change could be a factor. Now, I, I Steve Nash, I think he's probably a higher based off the fact that Kevin Durant, just to please Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and to get along with that roster. I I, I and, and Kenny Atkinson was also a very good coach. And so I, I have no positive or negative opinion about Steve Nash of being the head coach. It's just that he's had no experience in the past, That I don't know if that might come back to bite him at some point in the season. Like you know, it's like the thing with Jason Kidd, he didn't do very well either in the beginning. Uh so I, I don't have any opinion right now on Yeah, I
2: basketball. mean, I think I, that's I absolutely fair. I, the comment I would make is you know, his staff or his assistants have two head coaches there, so I mean, you know, both Jock Vaughn and Mike D'Antoni are on his staff. So I don't think he's quite as his primary role there really is that, uh, is that uh, management of personalities gig, not really actual coaching, right? Yeah, which is kind of hilarious to say.
1: Agree. Yeah, that's yeah. probably going to be
2: his main. Responsibility. So I don't know, man. Yeah. I I definitely hear you on the. I don't know what kind of coach Steve Nash is going to be, and you know X's and O's wise, what exactly is he going to do? So no, I, I totally buy that part. Right. Look, if he
1: can solidify the culture in the locker room... Yeah, if he can just keep Kyrie and KD in line. Seriously. So mm-hmm. yeah. Then, then, yeah. Mostly Kyrie. Right. Then, it's then, it's then he's done spring. his job. Right. And then Brooklyn will be really good.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, again, it's, it's still managing your stars, right? Like, he has to manage KD. Uh, definitely with Kyrie, Kyrie's just a different type of... Different type of guy, really. So I, <laughs> I never quite know what to expect with him. Yeah, and uh, for the record, Kenny Atkinson, he's now an assistant
0: with the Clippers. So, um, yeah, there you, there you have it. And, uh, yeah, that's our, that's our podcast for, for today, guys. Uh, so uh, any, any last words
2: from either of you? No, I think we're good, man. Everybody stay safe out there and wear a mask. Yep. Stay socially distanced.
0: Yep, and we really mean it. Stay safe. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please leave your feedback as a review. We would love to hear what you think about us. And thanks for the record number of listens that we got last week, guys, 44 listens. We appreciate it. Keep it coming. We want more people to listen to our podcast. We want more people to be a part of the discussion because that's what this is all about. So for, for, yeah,
2: sure. Wait, one last thing. Uh, Everybody, if you have questions, you want to hear us talk about stuff, send an email to ballisticpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we have an inbox that would love to get some questions, comments, feedbacks. So if you write it, I'll read it and I'll respond. So uh, please, everybody, if you have any questions or comments and you want to hear us talk about something in the show, let us absolutely, know. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. We'd love to hear fresh perspectives and fresh questions as well of deviating from the topic that we're going to talk about. So yeah, definitely uh, send in your questions if you have any. And uh, yeah, keep listening, guys. Thank you so much. Peace.